Hi, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Jeremy. And welcome to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I discuss our favorite childhood movies. This is gonna be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Since we were kids, we've been obsessed with movies and have found ourselves always speaking to each other in movie quotes. To the point that we formed many inside jokes, or as we like to call them, Inside, inside quotes. quotes. That was bloody brilliant. Each episode, my brother and I will be taking turns picking a movie to rewatch, review, and relive the magic of our childhood. Hmm. I know some of these words. We hope you'll join us for the ride, and maybe we'll make a few inside quotes of our own. Enjoy the show! And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. And we're here to review it on our podcast that's called Inside Quotes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Inside Quotes, episode 12. I'm your host, Jeremy. And as always, with me is my brother, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan, what's up? Whoa, man. Whoa, man. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your animal impression? This week, we're covering the Muppet movie, and uh, viewer discretion is advised on bad Muppet impersonations. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how bad they are. They're just fun to do. So who knows? We'll, we'll get to it. Um, so the Muppet movie uh, made in 1979, which breaks the record from last week's movie. It's about 10 years older, right? Yeah. As as far as the oldest movie we've, we've yeah, covered yeah. so far. Yeah. So that's neat. We're breaking records by the week. It's a pretty old movie. Um. Yeah, no, this is a... I didn't really realize how old the Muppets were, but, like, they're yeah. from the 70s. Yeah. But they're just, they're <laughs> timeless. And um, even before this, if you count Sesame Street, that started in, like, the late 60s. True, so, that's true. Been around a long time. <laughs> Sesame Street's another part of the MCU. Uh, what's the MCU? Oh, um, well, it's my favorite, like, movie series, probably, that's called MCU. I'd say I think there's oh. another one called Marvel Cinematic Universe, but this one's Muppet Cinematic Universe. I just think it's a little bit better. There's just more um, connections in between the in, in between the movies, and you know, sometimes they all come together, fight the greater good. I don't know. It's cool. Does it have like the nice synergy between the TV shows as well? You know, um, not at all. Oh, okay. Jonathan, why did you choose this movie this week? So uh, I picked it because, well, actually, to be more specific to your question, why I picked it this week, I wanted to go back and watch a Muppets movie because there's a new uh, Muppet series on a Muppets movie, (laughs) a Muppets movie called the Muppet movie. Yes, (laughs) because there's a new uh, Muppet series uh, that just debuted on Disney Plus called Muppets Now. So. I figured it'd be a good time to revisit the Muppets. Did you watch uh, I any watch the series? No, not yet. Um, Me neither. I've heard it's got kind of some mixed reviews, but I can't get over the new Kermit's voice. It's yeah, it's lame. Yeah, the the guy that 
that was doing it after Jim Henson died. I mean, he's been doing it like 25 years and Disney like let him go a couple years ago. And so it's just, it's just, uh, his voice, the new guy's voice is very weird. <laughs> Does not sound like Kermit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, that was kind of the reasoning as, as far as the timing of this episode. I figured people are going back and checking out the Muppets and getting re-familiar with the, with the characters. So I figured we'd, we'd cover this one. Arguably, this is the best Muppets movie. Um, excuse me, Muppets in Space? <laughs> the, that was a fun trash fire to watch. Yes, but it's canon because it still has Frank Oz doing the characters. Yeah, that's true. But getting into the Muppets series, I, we've talked about this before. I, I feel like we were kind of late to, late to the party when it came to uh, the Muppets. Yeah, I'd say we were pretty late to the game there. I mean, we always knew they like existed in but there weren't really there was Muppet Christmas Carol that came out. It it, it was just like the movies that we would watch um in school when there's nothing else to do. Mhm. We would watch that in like Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, I remember that was kind of one of the first ones I remember seeing as a kid was Muppet's Treasure Island and I remember that some, but it's not one that we own, so it's not one that we like rewatched a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I just remember seeing like this Muppets music video back in the day of them singing Kokomo by the Beach Boys, <laughs> and I actually don't know what it's from. If it's if it's some like Muppets tape or something, I, I, it's not from one of the movies, but I just remember seeing it on TV one time, and I was just like, "This song is amazing." <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I never knew it was like, oh, it's a Beach Boys song or something. Which, side note, that song gets a lot of hate by Beach Boys fans, and I don't know why. I stand by that song. Agree to disagree. Um. Well, I wasn't going to disagree or agree. Okay. <laughs> I just don't have an opinion on it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, there's another aspect to the Muppets that's kind of confusing because I did grow up watching tons and tons of Sesame Street. But of course. There's this confusing aspect of sometimes the Muppets were on Sesame Street, but they weren't regularly on. And so you think of like, oh, the Sesame Street characters are Muppets, but they're not like... I don't know, with like the Muppets. They're like the separate thing, but Kermit would be on sometimes. Yes. Muppets are a race. I thought they were felt. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Just a sewed up piece of felt and ping pong balls for eyes. Kermit was born. Um, No, the difference between Sesame Street and the Muppets is. New York City. Yeah. I, I don't think it was something that confused me as a kid. It's just something I thought about later. As like when I when I was older and I actually started watching some of the Muppet right. show and some of the Muppet movies, I kind of noticed. I was like, oh, yeah, like I was familiar with the characters because I saw them sometimes. But like, but they are kind of like they're they're kind of in the same universe, so, as you say. But but they're also very separate. So the Muppets have always been like a part of pop culture for at least 40 years 50 years now um so like you'd see them in like holiday commercials and like they had like the muppet baby show back in the 90s 
and or the 80s mm -hmm. and yeah like they would always be making movies we just didn't really like watch all of them at all times like i remember loving treasure island and um christmas carol um mm -hmm. but we never watched the original ones or any of the show until we were in high school probably um but like we we sort of just absorbed it. there's just some things that you know through osmosis of growing up in our culture and it's just like yep that's fozzy bear because they're just yeah. muppets is one of those things that's just been super merchandised yeah like they had those happy <laughs> yeah. meal toys or burger king toys that mom had for christmas okay yeah i didn't know those were burger king uh things but yeah we had these stuffed uh muppet babies versions of like all the characters of like kermit and Fozzie and stuff and we always bring those out at christmas time <laughs> every year but yeah so i'll get into the reason why i discovered this movie late and that was because in high school uh i was transferring schools because i wanted to go in to a different school and be in their tv film production program yeah and and so i did that i transferred like halfway through like my high school years my junior year and in order to get into the, it was like a magnet school, which means you go there and you're part of like a certain program. It's basically you're declaring a major in high school. Kind of. Yeah. I had to like audition air quotes, you know, to get in. And, mm. uh, but at the time the program wasn't like the best condition <laughs> as far as like, wasn't at its peak. Yeah. From when it first started, like they basically had pulled in like, the the librarian to like do the classes part-time <laughs> like he didn't really okay. know like a lot about <laughs> the tv production side so when i went to the classes eventually but anyway um i had made a a uh a, a short video with my friend called adventure guy and it was a parody of like man versus wild uh you know those types of shows that were survivor popular, man like survivor man back in the 2000s Bear Grylls here. I'm about to hear uh, to eat maggots and drink my own pee for yeah, protein exactly. and hydration. <laughs> Even though I have a camera crew right behind me, I'm still going to push through the elements. But basically, yeah, me and, and one of my friends uh, from high school, Tim, we made this parody of, of Man vs. Wild, and, and Tim played the like the Survivor Man character just mm -hmm. at a local like you know park. Uh, nearby our house uh scout park scout park yes. shout out to scout park yes there was it was woods it wasn't like a it wasn't like with like swings and that sort of thing uh it was like a wooded area so we could go out into the woods and film stuff and we used it for several videos actually it was a common shooting location <laughs> but there was a, a joke in the video where uh adventure guy is coming across uh he's trying to figure out his way to get back to civilization and he trips and falls and there's this like fork stuck in the ground and he's like, Whoa, it's a fork in the road. <laughs> oh, these are really rare. <laughs> and, uh, it's like, always make sure you, if you see one of these in the wild, you take it with you to, you know, you can use to eat and stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's how he kind of played the character. And yeah. anyway, I used that video as part of my like audition or whatever to get into this TV program. And I took it. And, uh, basically I was there with like the teacher and the assistant principal of the school. 
and we just like I just had it on a flash drive and he just like the the, the principal just like plugged it into his like work computer and he's just like okay we'll watch this or whatever <laughs> and he was just like chuckling at it or whatever but when he got to that scene with the fork in the road he's like oh did you guys get that from the Muppet movie <laughs> and just kind of laughed at it and I was like no I hadn't, I hadn't actually seen that <laughs> and so like from that moment I was like oh man I didn't know we stole that joke I thought we came up with that. <laughs> Jonathan, you were born in the wrong time. You could have been a writer for this I know. Movie. Made millions. I know. But from that point on, I made this like mental note in my head. I was like, oh, the Muppet movie. Like, if they wrote a joke as good as I did. It's got to be good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, this mental note. Eventually, I need to watch this movie. So I don't know how long it was, but it wasn't too long after that that I checked out this movie from the library and watched it. And it was one of those things where I was like, I can't believe I've never seen this. I've been missing this movie all my life. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that was in high school. So you were five years younger than me. So I'm pretty sure we watched it together. And that was, it had to have been the first time you had seen it too, right? The, this per, yeah, the Muppet movie, yeah. So from then on, I was like, man, I, yeah, I really liked that. I need to like figure out, I need to watch all the other stuff. So eventually, that's when I started. This was a long line of getting more DVDs from the library, whether it was The Great <laughs> Muppet Caper, Muppets Take Manhattan, uh, or The Muppet Show discs. And I, I remember we got an, a, a disc of The Muppet Show one time, and whichever the first episode we watched, it was it had Chris Christopherson on it. <laughs> <laughs> and we watched it, and it was like Kermit comes out and was like, it's The Muppet Show with Chris Christopherson! Yeah! <laughs> And we didn't even know who Chris Christopherson was, but we just like quoted that because we just thought that was so funny. Well, Chris Christopherson <laughs> is such a cool name in general. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but basically, that was it. Um, that was the the story behind watching this movie for the first time. Was I had apparently stolen one of the gags, and uh, it's a good gag. So I don't hold it against them for thinking of it before I did. You shouldn't. <laughs> the The humor in this movie is just like right up my alley. The type of humor that I just love. I feel like most of my inspiration for puns like came from the Muppets, and particularly this movie. Like everything is so literal, and I love that kind of humor. It's like where like a metaphorical saying is literally taking taken into visual, and it's just like mm -hmm. ridiculous. Like the fork in the road thing, and like. Whenever he said, uh, bear left, <laughs> bear left, fuzzy, right frog. Like, that's something I would say. <laughs> I, I would say that. Like, yeah. I think I can owe my, my, I can owe my humor to Fozzie Bear, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> waka, waka, waka. Because, like, <laughs> I'm not the funniest guy, but if I can make myself laugh, that's all I care about. Sometimes that's annoying, but who knows? <laughs> He's off every once in a while. <laughs> Good grief. It's a running gag. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, there's, yeah, just the sense of humor in this movie. I love the literal humor. I love the meta humor. Oh yeah. Um, one of my favorite things, I'm just always going to laugh anytime a movie breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. If you and if you don't know what that is, a common way that's done is like an example would be Ferris Bueller, how he just talks directly to the camera. 
Mm-hmm. And I think Cam- uh, Kermit does it in a certain point. Actually, I think it's that line I just quoted where it's like, good grief, it's a running gag. Oh, when he, he when, when, uh, when he gets run over by the steamroller on his bike uh-huh. and he's like, uh, if frogs couldn't hop, I'd be gone with a Schwinn. And then he looks straight yeah. into the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's when the characters in a movie acknowledge the fact that they're in a movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I, I always loved that that type of humor. Um, and they did that another multiple times. Yeah, it's just throughout. Like this is a movie about the Muppets may making a movie and watching the movie that they're making, yeah. which is also the movie that we're watching right now about the journey on how they got to make the Muppet Show. Yeah, which is just about <laughs> the Muppets. It's like Muppception. <laughs> exactly. The the Muppets are in general very they're just very meta in general. Like you said, this is like it's like a movie within a movie. Mm-hmm. And like the show is like a show within a show. You know, because it's got the backstage set uh segments. Right. Yeah, even that, yeah. You know, they're they're it's about them putting on the show. So and then you actually see, you know, it cuts back and forth between the actual what is on the show and what's going on backstage. And right. I always liked I always liked the the segments backstage actually more than I oh yeah the, that's, that's the, the whole skits point. and stuff that is the whole point. But ever notice how they don't go even further meta? If they really wanted to go meta, they would show Jim Henson with his hand up Kermit's butt, <laughs> <laughs> not in front of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> they show how the how the magic really happens. Yeah. The actual puppeteers yeah it's just a bunch of humans laying down <laughs> yeah it's it is magic i mean i when i when i watch these these characters it's just i i never think about the fact that they're puppets they just Me come neither. to life no you know oh i i do only whenever um kermit scrunches up his face <laughs> yeah yeah That's <about> it. <laughs> um and sometimes you can kind of see you know where the pup you know there's like a rod where they're pushing things around or there's wires there or something but um for the most part it's just like yeah it's just that's kermit the frog you know yeah and something that this movie did for the first time was show us kermit's feet though yeah you see him riding a bike (laughs) never really had a full body shot quite yet (laughs) uh in Roger Ebert's review of this movie, he he called that one of the great like moments of cinema. You know? Yeah, he like referenced all these like classic moments of like the first time someone talked in, in a movie and, and right. various things, moments of his in in film history, and then he referenced you know, and now we've got Kermit riding a bike. Yeah, <laughs> riding know, a bike, like, insane. That's mm-hmm. for nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. And the other the other scene uh, is him on the log, you know, and we can we can just get into the movie. It starts out with no, no, no. It starts out with a beautiful <laughs> opening shaky helicopter scene, which, by the way, like <laughs> it was real shaky. Like this movie yeah. could have benefited from a drone if only they were invented like 30 or 40 years ago. <laughs> but yeah. no, like it's such like a. I, it just zooms in. Um. It zooms in on Kermit playing his banjo on the sw- in the swamp, and I notice how like uh, we can get this into it in like the music, but like it starts out with like a huge orchestra and fanfare and like uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then like as soon as it zooms on to Kermit, it's just him in the swamp, and then just slowly fades out into just banjo music. 
Yeah. And I think, I think that's supposed to like emphasize like the individuality of Kermit and, or maybe like the innocence of it. Of, mm-hmm. of him. I don't know. Yeah. But like, it's such like a wholesome scene. Yeah. Showing you like the purity of the Muppets and innocence of yeah. Kermit. Um, only to be tempted by Hollywood. <laughs> Make millions of people happy. Hmm. Why don't why, why don't you try Harry Krishna? <laughs> is that Kermit is not... Buddhist <laughs> or Hindu? Is he is he Hindu? Uh, I don't think so. But uh, they said that a couple know. times. Yeah, it's a running gag. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's I, yeah. I didn't pick up on that uh, the first that's, time I watched that. I definitely, definitely noticed that this time. It's definitely a dated running gag as far as the running gag of that specific joke uh when they get to the church did you notice what was on the sign it said it was like painted Hare krishna on there yeah it was well, it was like on the church sign and it was like uh feeling lost have you tried our reverend harry krishna <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was a lot more subtle there if anyone picked up on that one i don't look like Presbyterians to me. Well, that was me doing Fozzie and Kermit at the same time for some reason. <laughs> so it starts out, and like you said, Kermit playing a classic song, Rainbow Connection, uh, on the banjo in the middle of the swamp. Happy as can be, but some random Hollywood guy is lost on a canoe in the swamp. <laughs> and he's like, I gotta catch a flight. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, oh, can you, can you tell me how to get out of here and all this? And and then uh, eventually he's like, he just happens to have a copy of a newspaper or variety magazine or whatever. <laughs> and the way he was paddling, you know, he flipped a couple times. So that's <laughs> amazing how that newspaper was dry. Mm-hmm. But this is the first of many celebrity cameos throughout the movies. Yeah. Which the Muppets are always are always known for their guests and whatnot. Yes. But, uh, Dom DeLuise. I always, okay, yeah, so I knew his name was Dom DeLuise. I just don't remember what he was from, except for just Mel Brooks movies in general. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I all knew him does. from. Yeah, okay. He's been in a few Mel Brooks movies. Also, I get him mixed up with John Belushi at all times. <laughs> but yeah, I barely reckon, I, I probably recognize like five of the people. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I didn't keep up with much. Yeah. Um, we weren't invested in pop culture in the 70s mainly because uh we weren't born but <laughs> exactly yeah i i feel like i'm i'm familiar with a lot of them just from being familiar with a lot of more of like comedy movies from that time but also a lot of these people ended up hosting the muppet show so right, right, right. and then they ended up being in the movie too um but i feel like the guests the cameos do is kind of what dates the movies more yeah they're Throughout the you know throughout time they they always have kind of the you know the current stars or whatever just like what they do with the new you know with the new movies but that's kind of the charm of it. They even even the last movie they made uh, Muppet, Muppets Most Wanted that's even uh-huh. dated because you could tell it's like a 2013 2012 movie because it's <laughs> one of the, one of the main cameo guys is the dude from Modern Family. <laughs> like how yeah. relevant is he today? Not at all. Yeah, like, Tina Fey. Um, Ricky, Gervais. Ricky, Gervais. Ricky Gervais is probably the most relevant. Yeah. But like, what the heck? Todd from National Treasure 2. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that's who that even was. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I I love the line in this when he's talking to the Hollywood guy in the in the canoe, and he's like, "Be prepared to say hello, uh, hello to Arnie the alligator." <laughs> he's like, oh, "Alligator, alligator," and the Kermit just goes, "Alligator, mm, read my lips, alligators." <laughs> then he starts talking about Hollywood, and he's like, "Hmm, Hollywood," and good old Dom's like, "Yeah." Read my lips. Hollywood. <laughs> you know, Hollywood. It's like he's about to go like into like a show tune song or something. <laughs> and when I was doing research on this uh, movie this week, I didn't realize that this was on an actual body of mm-hmm. water. Like I just figured it was on a set and there was like a little hole. Like the body of water started where the log was, but no. Like, they had Jim Henson in yeah. a bucket, in a barrel, <laughs> underwater, so he could breathe, but yeah. still his hand. That's a, that's, that's a big commitment to just go underwater for a whole scene. I wonder how many yeah, shots. Because it's, all, it's many... all practical. And, and um, you know, I think it's kind of before they kind of developed more of the animatronic uh, type things. You know, radio controlled puppets where, you know, where they could control them from off camera, you know. Um, so yeah, they, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to spoil the magic for, for anyone, but you can look up how they did the, uh, like the Kermit riding the, the bike, which is <laughs> pretty cool, but it doesn't take much to, uh, convince Kermit that, you know, he just wants to sing and dance and make people happy. Millions of people happy. <laughs> so he's going to go to Hollywood and, and try and, uh. You know, go to this open call auditions for frogs or whatever in Hollywood. <laughs> but yeah, he hops on his bike. He's 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 heading to Hollywood, and on the way he stops in at El Slizo Cafe. <laughs> and this is one of my favorite scenes where he meets <laughs> Fozzie. This is classic. Oh yeah, for sure. Just the fact that yeah, um, Fozzie is a stand-up comedian. And he's trying his best, but he can't succeed due to the El Slizo Cafe being the worst audience ever. Like, what are the odds he's going to offend a fat sailor by saying a fat sailor joke? It's like, I knew a sailor so he's fat. He's be there. How fat was he? <laughs> Breaks a beer bottle. How fat was he? Uh, he, was, he, he was so fat that every, everybody liked him. And... Uh, uh. <laughs> hey, waka waka! I just love that catchphrase so much. I, <laughs> I don't even know if it's supposed to be a parody of something. It's just—it's like he's laughing at his own jokes, but not laughing at his own jokes by saying waka instead of laughing. There's a, a brief cameo before Kermit goes in where the the owner gets like thrown out. You don't know it's the owner. But... I knew he was basically. If there's a human in this movie, they're famous. So I figured he did look familiar. Um, I don't know what who who was it. Uh, I I'm I'm pretty sure that his name is uh, Jack Coburn or something like that. But I recognize James. his voice as James Coburn, uh, and I know him as. I'm pretty sure he's the voice of the. Uh, oh, what's his name in Monsters Inc. Well, Mr. Waternoose. Waternoose. That's who it is. And I'm pretty sure he's like the old, old crusty guy from Snow Dogs. <laughs> really? Why do I think, I think that's it's Nick him. Nolte? I don't think that's Nick Nolte. It's not. But I could be wrong. Anyway, 
Uh, I am the owner. Yeah. He's That's like, Thunder Jack. <laughs> he got struck by thunder twice. Twice? <laughs> you can't get struck by thunder. <laughs> yeah. Snow dogs. Underrated movie. But this scene has like a couple of my favorite like uh, quotes and gags for the whole movie. Uh-huh. Which is, uh, you know, when the crown when the crowd turns ugly on, on, on Fozzie. He gets thrown behind the bar. Yeah. <laughs> immediately. You know where I'm about like, to say? Yeah. Immediately goes like he gets thrown behind the bar and then he stands up and he automatically has the clothes from the bartender and like the mustache and yeah. everything. And he's like perfect disguise. It's like a quick change artist. <laughs> and then he says, like, all right, everybody drinks on the house. <laughs> and then you think everybody goes to the bar. Cause that's what normally would, people get drinks but uh no they went to the roof <laughs> yeah everyone runs outside and it cuts to a shot of everyone on the roof it's like hey there's no drinks out here <laughs> works every time <laughs> uh and the other the other gag that i i love is when uh actually i don't remember what sets it up but it's the myth it's the myth yeah. yeah 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 what's what what's what sets that up <laughs> Um, he said somebody says something to him about being a frog. No, oh yeah, yeah. He says, um, he started talking to this one lady who was a cameo. I don't know who it was. Um, yeah, Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn. Who I also recognize from Mel Brooks movies. Okay. Um, and buy, and then buy me a drink. Right, right. Okay, so he talks to Madeline Kahn, and she's flirting with him a little bit, and then her boyfriend or whatever is like, "You talking to that scumbag?" Mm-hmm. Or something like that, and he's like, "Don't touch him; you'll get warts." And then Kermit's like, "Oh no, actually, that that uh, that that's a myth." A what? Yeah, yeah, a myth, myth, myth. And then just this this lady pops out of nowhere, just like, "Yes, <laughs> yes." <laughs> no, do you know who that was? That's another cameo. Yeah, uh, Carol Kane. Yeah, and I found right? out. Yeah, I found out that that's the lady from Princess Bride, who is Miracle Max's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's also mm-hmm. in the pacifier as that Russian maid, and she was she's cool. in a lot of stuff. She's in a lot of stuff. Most most recently, she's in uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like the landlord or whatever, which is a, a hilarious show. Anyway, that yeah, the El Slizo Cafe is just like one of my favorite <laughs> favorite scenes. Of the whole thing it's just hilarious. Jonathan, that actually reminds me, um, El Slizo Cafe actually is still open today, but it's not it's not run by James Coburn anymore. After that whole brawl, it was he yeah. kind of like ditched the place. Um, but yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah, so but it's like a cool hipster joint. Um, it's like a coffee place now, and uh, they have trivia oh, cool. nights. So if you guys want to go visit them, just tell them we sent you over. Um, they have trivia night on Tuesdays. And if you say that we sent you over, they'll give you a free latte. Nice. So thanks, thanks guys for sponsoring. Thanks to El Slizo Cafe for uh, sponsoring today's episode. And get yourself a Slizo latte. Slizo latte. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe that place is still around. I mean, that's a, it's yeah. pretty. Used to have a pretty rough crowd. I'm, you know. Yeah. Now, now hopefully, it's calmed down a little bit. Now they just look rough. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you see the dancing girls. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's when uh, uh, Kermit and Fozzie make their 
they make a run for it and uh they hop in the studebaker yes it's just like a classic movie car i just love it <laughs> that's what i learned what a studebaker was is because of Fosbear yeah and his uncle's car who's hibernating which i yeah. never understood why he wasn't hibernating because he is also a bear but maybe he just likes to grind sure. he's just trying to make it as a comedian yeah he's like i gotta you know gotta this is normally my off time, time but <laughs> gotta hone my craft <laughs> but uh when when they're dancing uh, in the cafe, that's where Doc Hooper and uh, or Doc Hopper and his assistant like look through the window and see him, and they're like, <laughs> "It's like, oh, this guy's gonna be gonna be the new spokesman for Doc Hopper's French fried frog legs." French fried frog legs. <laughs> what a what a weird idea. Let's talk about this yeah. business. Uh, first mm-hmm. of all, Jonathan, have you ever had frog legs before? I was trying to remember, and I don't think I have, but I'm, I, de- I definitely have like been out to eat places where it's been offered, mm-hmm. but I've never been like, oh, I do not want to eat that. Um, so I don't know. It, it's mainly just a southern thing, yeah. um, but um, I, I've had frog legs one time, and I was I don't like frogs when they're alive, and I remember trying them because we were at uh, Uncle Weldon's house, and they, our, our cousins had went frog gigging or something and they were frying their own and is that what it's called yeah that's what it's called frog gigging gigging yeah gigging okay whatever learn something new um and i remember trying it and i was like i hate frogs and then i remember trying it and i was like this is actually pretty dang good it's just like fried chicken only small but which brings me yeah. to my point like a whole bucket of frog legs like kfc style frog legs has to run up at least like 30 or 40 frogs. <laughs> like how is <laughs> how sustainable is that to run a chain like that? Not just one restaurant, but a whole chain. Mm-hmm. Is there like a in this universe is there an abundance of frogs? Mm-hmm. And who's catching them when raising them? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say one of the things Kermit says later on is like millions of frogs on tiny crutches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a dark thing to think about in a kids movie but yeah um no i wrote down like you know how it just doesn't seem like having a frog as your spokesman for a frog frog french fried frog legs business you'd think it would be but it's not because let's let's think about the you don't let's think about the marketing campaigns for other restaurants or other businesses that are very successful. Let's talk about KFC. They don't have a chicken as their spokesman. They have a Colonel Sanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be weird if you saw a chicken talking about finger licking good. Mm-hmm. It'd be like promoting your own death. And mm-hmm. the one that I really like is Chick-fil-A. They don't have a chicken. Sure. They have a cow saying, you need to eat that. <laughs> so yeah. you don't eat meat. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but it just, I don't think it would work well. Like, why is Doc Hopper trying to turn uh, turn his spokesman into a cannibal? You know? Um, which got me to thinking even more. Like, I feel if, like barbecue places have like pigs on the logo, though. Yeah, but pigs, pigs know they taste good. <laughs> 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 just thinking, like, thinking of Doc Hopper's logic, like, imagine other places. <laughs> with a spokesman of their own thing besides pigs 
because they know they mm-hmm. taste good. Like we got a clown, you got a king, you got a yeah. That's all I can come up with. A redheaded girl. Well, I was thinking more like imagine Chuck E. Cheese, a place oh, that yeah. served rats. <laughs> <laughs> Just rats running around the place. Marketing wasn't very prevalent in the seventies, though. Well, speaking of marketing, what did you think of the commercial and the and the song that he sings? <laughs> oh, it was cringe. Frog legs, frog legs, frog legs are fine. Poppers is the place you should dine. There's cheese legs, bacon legs, chili legs too. French fried frog legs, barbecue. If you want just a snack, then here is the one: a frog leg burger on a bright green bun. <laughs> the okay, so even Kermit called him out on that. He's like, "That's horrible." I don't know what he said exactly, but like, this is like before rap was a thing, and he did yeah. not have flow, which is somewhat understandable. I mean, he's a overly southern, big middle aged mm-hmm. white guy. He's not going to be able to rap, but that was horrible. He's like, I, I now I do like the skills of a performer. <laughs> They uh, they decline the offer. They drive off and like they chase them across <laughs> across uh, America. Yeah, and this is where this is where uh, like it, it kicks in with the the montage right of uh, moving right along. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I just love the line everywhere. right before it. Yeah, I love the line right before it kicks in with the music. It's like that's a bear and a frog in their natural habitat. I see a baker. <laughs> Let's talk moving right along because that song slaps. Moving right along in search of good times and good news with good friends you can't lose. This could become a habit. Opportunity knocks once. Let's reach out and grab it. Yeah. Together we'll nab it. We'll hitchhike bus or yellow cabin. Cabin? Moving right along. Foot loose and fancy free. Oh yeah, best song. I mean, you can make an argument for like uh, Rainbow Connection, but the, okay, okay, Rainbow Connection is iconic and it's beautiful and it's poetic and everything, but it does not hold a candle musically to yeah. Moving Right Along or uh, the oh, Electric yeah. Mayhem song. What was that called? Um, oh yeah, it's just can you picture that? I love funk. Can you picture Man, that? I want I want Wolfpack <laughs> to do a cover of that. That'd be awesome. um but like moving right along was just such a perfect it's something like weird al would come up with it's comedic and it's full yeah yeah it's packed full of jokes (laughs) and i don't know i've never seen the sun go up in the west (laughs) (laughs) should it be snowing yeah i don't think so (laughs) they're trying to go to hollywood and they end up in canada yeah (laughs) i don't actually know where uh Kermit's swamp was. I just assumed like Louisiana, Mississippi, Mississippi. Canonically confirmed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because uh, I think Jim Henson's from Mississippi. Yes, but people thought it was from um, Florida because you know swamps. But it, it's been confirmed Mississippi. I feel like I've seen other places where it's mentioned his swamp in Florida, mm-hmm. but 
you know, Kermit's a rich guy. He, you know, he signed that rich and famous contract at the <laughs> right. end. So maybe he's got multiple swamps, you know, right, at this point. Right, 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 you know? right. <laughs> well, um, I know it wasn't in New York because yeah. he passed by Big Bird and he said he was going to New York. <laughs> I'm on my way to New York to break into public television. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's, and then, uh, Big Bird looks straight into the camera with the creepiest stare ever. I didn't realize, like, Big Bird can't control his eyes. <laughs> I feel like, uh, yeah, there's something about the characters back in the 70s where they, their looks hadn't got quite as defined yet. Mm-hmm. And, like, they had changed slightly. So I, I definitely noticed with, like, early Big Bird, he looked a lot different than, like, you know, in the 90s when I was watching Sesame Street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, specifically, I think Piggy looks a little bit different in this movie versus, like, uh, you know, later on and stuff. But we can talk about Piggy a little bit later. Unfortunately. <laughs> I'll go on my rant in a little bit. Where are we at? We're, we're on, we just passed. Um... Oh, what I, what I wanted to end up is at, at the end of the song, though, mm-hmm. they pull up and they see this billboard. And I wanted to talk about Oh, this. yes. And it's like Doc Hopper and his assistant is just waiting for them <laughs> with their car parked behind this, like, freshly painted billboard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... They're just happen to be waiting. They know they're going to go that way. Well, it's like they've driven all over the country the wrong direction and they end up there. <laughs> he's he's trying to still convince him to be this the mascot or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and again, he it, it does that same joke with like, it's like, I'm, that's just a myth, a myth, a myth. And then they're running and the, la- the same lady. Yeah, the same lady from El Squeezo Cafe pops out. It's like, yes. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> that The joke never gets old. I thought it was so annoying at first because I didn't understand it. Oh, man. But it is so good. Yeah. And then um, after that, they pull up to the church building, the uh, Presbyterian church with the mm-hmm. pastor Harry Krishna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they go in and Fozzie Bear's like, they don't look like. <laughs> I can't do the. I can't do it while I'm being recorded. I can do it any other time. <laughs> I'll have you know, I can do a good Fozzie Bear. Mm-hmm. Ah! Um, they go in and he's like, they don't look like Presbyterians to me. I can't do it. <laughs> they go in there and he's like, they don't look like Presbyterians to me. And then they start playing and they meet the Electric Mayhem, the best funk band of all time, featuring Dr. Teeth. And again, this is one of those instances of breaking the fourth wall because they start to tell their story. And and they're like, oh, we don't want to bore the audience. Like, we've already gone through all this or whatever. And like, <laughs> they start to just go through everything that we've already seen. And they're like, why don't we give them a copy of the screenplay and they can read it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it just cuts, you know, it just kind of cuts to them, like, telling the story. And it cuts to them uh, reading. They pull out an actual copy of the script. <laughs> and they use the same type of joke in Princess Bride, which we covered last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm all about that type of humor it's so in funny. movies. <laughs> it never gets old. And they even use it later on to uh like find out where they are mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. <laughs> like, oh, we just read the script and found out where you were <laughs> to save them at the end from Doc Hopper or whatever. Um but then they sing the uh the song. Can you picture that? One of the Bobby Box of all Pops. I focus on the pleasure, something I can treasure. Can you picture that? 
Can you picture that? After they, uh, I guess they ask them if they want to join them on yeah. their trip to Hollywood, and they say no. And I can't remember what why they said no. Do you remember? Um, they're too good for Hollywood, I think. <laughs> well, I guess they said no because the script said they had to say no. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> but uh, they, Fozzie and, and Kermit, uh, drive off in their their fresh, freshly painted Studebaker, and somehow they just catch up with Doc Hopper again. They start chasing him, of course. Or did Doc Hopper catch up with them? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I said it wrong. Anyways, let's get to the good part, Gonzo. <laughs> Doc Hopper does so, yeah. irrelevant to the story, in my opinion. I'm just here to see the Muppet. <laughs> well, so yeah, you want to talk about the introduction of Gonzo? I guess he's a plumber. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> Nobody knows what Gonzo is at this point. Yeah, he's a, he's just a whatever as it's as yeah, it's been yeah. said. But like everybody That's, knows yeah. now that he's an alien, and you mm-hmm. could tell that he's an alien with his little song, um, and he's like singing to the to the moon. Or whatever around the campfire. Yeah, that was yeah. so weird. Yeah, later later on in the movie, <laughs> I had a roommate in high school who, or <laughs> I had a roommate in college, not high school. I had a roommate in college my freshman year who sounded just like Gonzo. Like he would do the grunts and everything. <laughs> <laughs> just the way he sung was so gross to me. <laughs> he was just so weak and just like. <laughs> anyways um so he's a plumber with his chicken and yeah he just like hits them he loves chickens and i love those special effects where they hit him and they're like oh i guess we must have missed him and then he falls Mm -hmm. on the windshield you call that a miss (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> and then you see the shot like you don't see any collision or anything because it's movie magic mm-hmm. and i guess they wanted to save some money so yeah you don't hear a crash it's just silent it's sort of and like a think... weird psychedelic sound actually like oh yeah yeah there's like a sound effect there yeah. um and then yeah. anyways it cuts over to the top or like outside of the car and all you see is the muppets with all you can see is a Studebaker with a plumber's truck upside down on yeah. top of the stuck on top. Yeah. And the only thing I had to say about that truck was that it looks like it looks like that truck that you drew in kindergarten that you, the version of a kindergartner <laughs> that you think what a, a truck looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That cool truck that you drew in kindergarten come to life. With like three <laughs> wheels that are the different size. <laughs> also, I think it's funny. He's got that like iron like statue of himself on there. Yeah. Like mounted to it or whatever. Well, made it out of metal. Man. Welded out of metal or something. <laughs> All I want in life is basically just a prequel for Gonzo. Wasn't the, the Muppets from space? Wasn't that the movie that explained he was from space? is but it's not an origin story yeah i want to know the beginnings and not mm-hmm. muppet babies yeah i always i just love it when they refer to gonzo and it's just like and then we got Gon- we got uh, fozzy the bear and uh miss piggy and what are, gonzo what uh uh whatever uh, gonzo is whatever <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah um, i love gonzo he's such a good guy he reminds me mm-hmm. of my 
roommate Will Pierce. <laughs> but you know what? I I think we put it off long enough. Let's talk about Miss Piggy. No. <laughs> okay. I hate Miss Piggy. I will always say Okay. That. If you like Miss Piggy, don't talk to me. <laughs> She's so uh, annoying. You know. Yeah. I mean she is, and that's her character. I, dread, I have a love hate. I dread the moment in every single Muppets movie where Miss Piggy gets her own little song so she can talk about her romance between her and Kermit. <laughs> and it's like an overextended eight to ten minute scene where it's just her whining about the fifth Kermit. And I hate it. I hate her so much. I audibly groaned when I was oh, watching man. this the other day and she just broke out in the yeah. film. I was like, I I definitely agree. <laughs> Anytime there's the Miss Piggy song, uh, that's the part in the, the movie where I, I'm just like, oh, I lose interest. Time to fast forward. <laughs> I hate Miss Piggy and she's not good for Kermit. She's manipulative I, and evil. Yeah. That's the whole joke of it's like anytime they start to put aside their they start to fight and then they put aside it and then they just start to fight again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a whole will they won't they thing. <laughs> Anyways, the something I didn't notice until this time that watching it this time through um is the way they met was at the fair. Yeah. At a beauty pageant that she won. Mm-hmm. Um with or without a fair fair game. I don't know. Um, but um, what made me laugh is that this beauty pageant that she's in, she's a pig. So <laughs> what other pageants are there that involve pigs at state fairs? The blue <laughs> ribbon competition <laughs> for live <Yeah>. stream festivals. <laughs> so, I'm not here with these fellas. I'm not here with these fellas. <laughs> I got a pig competition over at the... Uh, Livestock, Livestock pavilion. pavilion, and I am going to win that blue ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love that that they he met her at a livestock pavilion, but it's just played <laughs> off as Miss Piggy the diva, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> beauty pageant. <laughs> and how many movies is yeah. that that we've quoted so far? <laughs> like two or three? Several, several. And I Depends love on that how, thing how, you do. how much I cut. <laughs> That thing you do is one of my favorite movies of all time. It made my list. Uh, yeah, so I guess on their way, they stop in. They stop in at this like county fair or whatever, mm-hmm. carnival, or <laughs> just to stretch their legs, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this scene has a few has a few cameos, too. Uh, Richard Hope. Pryor, Bob Hope. The ice cream man who has every flavor imaginable. So at this point, there's a, it, it, it plays up the whole <laughs> thing with Kermit and Piggy. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I don't know if there's is there sparks there or whatever, and but eventually they end up leaving, uh, or they take her with them. Do they? Right? I can't talk. <laughs> I don't know. I stopped paying attention when Miss Piggy gets on screen. Yeah, I feel like they leave without her, but then they they do catch up to her. But anyway, the point is they take her along eventually, and. She insists that they stop in. At, they stop for dinner or something so that they can have like a romantic dinner together alone. Go on a date. This is one of my favorite scenes with the waiter, mm-hmm. Steve Martin. Of course. I just, I mean, this has some of our favorite quotes, but also I just love Steve Martin. And yeah, 
Um, the only tolerable scene with Miss Piggy because she doesn't talk much. He's so like sarcastic or whatever. He's like a jerk. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just love some of the lines that he say says. It's just like he when he offers him something to drink and offers him some wine. It's like, don't you want to sniff the bottle cap? <laughs> <laughs> but the line that that I love is is they insist that he he uh, he try it and. Steve Martin like tries the wine and like spits, spits it out and he's like disgusting. And then he's like, excellent choice. Excellent choice. <laughs> and, and Kermit goes, hmm, should be for 95 cents. <laughs> this is a cheap wine. It, didn't he say it was like from Idaho or something? <laughs> yes. The finest, finest wine of from Idaho. <laughs> um, I always just liked that line specifically. Hmm, should be for 95 cents. <laughs> yeah, it should be for 95 cents. Um, and then Miss, oh she no, she gets a call from her agent supposedly. Oh yeah, and so Kermit's left at the bar alone, wondering what what happened to her, and he runs into Ralph the dog at the bar. Ralph the, piano. the dog. I finish work, I go home, read a book, have a couple of beers, take myself for a walk, and go to bed. Nice and simple. Stay away from women. That's my motto. But I can't. Neither can I. That's my trouble. You can't live with them, you can't live without them. There's something irresistible-ish about them. We grin and bear it cause the nights are long. I hope that something better comes along. Can somebody order a grasshopper for the frog? <laughs> it's like women. Can't live with them, can't live without them. Oh man, <laughs> Rolf is an underrated Muppet. Yeah, he is. Yes, he doesn't get used nearly enough. <laughs> you know, we skipped over a funny scene, and I shouldn't—I probably shouldn't be like backtracking. But uh, when they go, uh, when they go, and they trade in the car, right? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Because you wanted to talk about Miss Piggy so much, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just love that scene where the, the car salesman comes out, and and he's like, "The price on the car is what we're going to sell it to you for," and and the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he like swats the mosquito on the sign and he's like mm, we'll take that car for $11.95 please that means you owe us a nickel <laughs> yeah yeah with that trade in on your car $12 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah that was a funny scene and then that's when they meet Jack mm-hmm. or what's his actual name Jack not name Jack Job <laughs> Uh, the the big guy yeah, yeah. that chases them the yeah, whole movie. Yeah. I want to say his name, the Muppet's name is Sweetums. Yeah, yeah, Sweetums. Yeah. Wait, right. guys, I want to go to Hollywood. <laughs> Wait up. <laughs> He's just chasing them the rest of the time. <laughs> um, you find out uh, when Miss Piggy gets called away, um, you, she thinks it's her agent or whatever. Actually, it is her agent, but anyway, somehow... And this is where the plot comes in a little too much, and then it starts to Yeah, suck. yeah, yeah. The, mo- the good part of the movie's over. Basically, a mad scientist, Mel Brooks, comes in. And uh, and I like Mel Brooks, but this scene isn't actually my favorite, I feel like. No. But it is, funny. it is fun to see him. I don't know. I feel like from here on out, it gets a little bit more serious. They got to resolve the story. Yeah, we're trying to resolve the story, and... They they do get away from there. There's drama with Miss Piggy because she does leave because she's like, oh, I'm going to do a commercial or whatever or something. 
and uh, they meet up with her again. But basically, it comes comes down to the car breaks down on their way to Hollywood, and everyone looks to Kermit, and Kermit doesn't know what to do, you know. And uh, they camp out on the side of the road, start a fire. Is Kermit the leader yet? Until that moment. Yeah, this is kind of like, you know, everyone starts to look to him. Yeah. You know, he's just the natural. You don't think of him as a natural leader, but he's just he's just the one put in that situation and he just, you know, has to do it. <laughs> but um that's the song with Gonzo that we talked about earlier. And then you get this kind of this scene of like Kermit kind of like fighting with himself sort of. Not actually fighting, but just talking to himself and mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about uh it's a good scene. It's like I, I maybe I, I didn't make any promises to anyone, but Maybe I promised myself or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, yeah, I, like I said, I, I feel like the beginning of the movie is stronger as far as the jokes and stuff. And Just so like when the, the story week. getting resolved, when the story is starting to get to resolve, that's kind of where we're like, oh, okay. We're not here for a good movie. story. We're here for the Muppets. So it's, it's hard to write a good original story, which is why I liked mm-hmm. Christmas Carol and Treasure Island so much is because it's already a classic story that everybody knows. So it's just their adaptation yeah. of it. So they they should stick to that. I think they should go back and do that. There's certain different aspects of that that they've they've kind of switched back and forth where where they make some movies or shows where the Muppets are the main characters. Mm-hmm. And then but in the ones like you mentioned, um the book adaptations. Yeah. It's like the humans are the stories, but like the Muppets play supporting roles. Right. And so I think those do work pretty good. Um but then again, sometimes I just miss, I don't know, maybe in the movies it works where they're the supporting roles in the show. I prefer to see them at the forefront. Well, yeah. But um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've kind of back, swapped back and forth between that kind of method. I, I definitely uh, like that a little bit more, even though this is like one of the best movies. But yeah, we can skip to the end, basically. Yeah. they Fast forward. <laughs> they, they, they end up at this like classic movie set. <laughs> Of like a western town, classic. <laughs> and there's this showdown with uh, big enough with for Doc both of us. <laughs> and th- they run into uh, uh, Doctor Honeydew and Bunsen or whatever. Yeah, they got Doctor Bunsen and Honeydew. And that's how they meet them. And that's that's where Animal takes the uh, like Ant-Man the growth pill or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when when Kermit and the gang all go out there and to face Doc Hopper or whatever, I. There's one line that he says, and it's it's not even funny. It's just the way he says the word restaurants. Yeah, where he's like, he's like, restaurant. What are you gonna do with What are you gonna do with all those restaurants? Restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just love his accent when he says that. I, I don't know. It's always played out to me. He's like, you know, so what if we do this? You build all these things and hurt all these frogs. What are you gonna do with all these restaurants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and one thing I did want to mention a little bit is how like uh, his assistant uh, Max kind of starts to grow a conscience throughout the movie. Yeah. It starts, he like starts to at the beginning and then Doc Hopper's like, I'll double your pay. And then he's like, All right, you just tell me where to drive and I'll drive. And then he like, doesn't care anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> it's at that scene at the, where they, uh, they run into them at the billboard. Mm-hmm. So he, when Kermit says that line about like, he's like, Oh, I think it was millions of frogs on tiny little crutches. And he goes, crutches? And it's like he's never thought about hurting frogs before. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and he starts to grow a conscience there. So um, this is my idea. I have two casting roles for if they remade this movie, which wouldn't be a good idea, but it could be. Um, <laughs> but I feel like Billy Eichner could play Max. Just because of the one line that he said at the billboard. It's a moral decision and I stand by it. <laughs> it's so passionate. I was like, that is so Craig from Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Also, I have eczema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then near the end, he he, he starts to uh, go against... Uh, he he, he kind of sides with Kermit at the end, like, I'm with you or whatever. Yeah. But the point is, they get away from him, and they make it to Hollywood, and they walk in, and they meet with Orson Welles. Okay, and this is my second casting. Uh-huh. Okay, bear with me. Um, okay. Not what he usually has been, but what he is now. Who could play Orson Welles, older Orson Welles, not Citizen Kane Orson Welles, but mm-hmm. uh, 1979 Orson Welles right now. Fat Orson Welles. Yes, Fat Orson <laughs> Welles. Who could play him with like a little bit gray of a beard and slicked back hair? Uh, I don't know. Wrong. The answer is Jack Black today. <laughs> I feel like Jack Black. Jack Black, old Jack Black, could play old Orson Welles so well. He uh, he was in one of the newer Muppets movies, I'm pretty he sure. He was. He was tied up. Uh, yeah. He was like in the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, when they did the telethon or yeah, whatever? Yeah. In the, the Muppets reboot? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I mean, the Muppets are made for like just funny guest stars yeah. and cameos and stuff and all that. It's you could picture and you know they do nothing but support and shed light on to an actor or yeah they just famous yeah (laughs) but i just love it it's like uh he says to his secretary it's like draw up the standard rich and famous (laughs) contract for kermit and company (laughs) he's so serious (laughs) it's like oh man i just want to Go to Hollywood and sign a, a standard rich and famous contract. Wow. <laughs> and so they, they sing the song at the end, and that's a happy ending, and it's the story of how the Muppets got to, to be Which rich and famous. They saved two of the best cinematic shots for mm-hmm. the ending. Um, yeah. My two favorite shots in this was when um, they're, they get into the studio for the Muppet, the Muppet show. And they're starting to sing and stuff. And then it's got a shot of Kermit in the mirrors of like Mm -hmm. the makeup desk. And it was so cool because there's like a million Kermits. And it was, I don't know. It's just, I like that shot. It was cool. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that. But the second one was at the very end, whenever it started to pan out like the crane shot and it showed Mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of Muppets with, um, well, it was just cool to seeing all that, and like they're all together now, and it's cool. Um, but then what I didn't notice is when it fully goes out, there's a rainbow effect that goes over that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I put this together to where I was like, wow, Kermit found his rainbow connection. Yeah. The lovers, the dreamers, <laughs> and me. Yeah. Like, that's what this whole movie is about, is that original song. is him trying to find a whole family. Mm-hmm. Find other people that, that want to do the same thing he does, yeah. you know. Yeah. He found his rainbow connection. 
It's good. Happy ending gives you the gives you the goose pimples. <laughs> goose pimples. <laughs> but yeah, because it, it, it even has because it has that ending song and it has the reprise of the right. you know you know Rainbow Connection at the end. Perfect musical. Uh, I love it. Is there any other? I mean, we kind of talked about all the songs throughout a little bit, but was there anything other? You know, anything else you wanted to talk about soundtrack wise, other than I mean, it's a musical and it's really good it's really good except for uh, miss piggy's song and i don't <laughs> i actually don't really like gonzo's song either just because of the way he sang it <laughs> i you know i it's not my favorite one but i i liked it this time yeah um i don't know it's just uh better than miss piggy yeah anything's better <laughs> than Miss piggy obviously <laughs> she yeah, sucks yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I like I like Gonzo a lot. So the only other I thing know, I appreciate it. I have to say about the only other thing I have to say about the music is that there was a the guy Paul Williams who did this score was also in the movie as a cameo in the El Sleeve. Yeah, he mm-hmm. played the he was the piano guy. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. What a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a great one. Again, the the humor is just right up my alley. So I just love the Muppets and. Uh, if if there's anyone here that uh you know that's fans of the movie obviously um on Disney Plus obviously they have the new show um but I watched an episode of they have a series called Prop Culture and they did an episode about uh the Muppet movie yeah and uh it was pretty interesting it was uh, someone going around and finding some of these original props from the movie they 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 uh found uh they went and saw the the Studebaker mm-hmm. from the movie, and that's cool. They looked at some of the the original movie posters and Kermit's banjo, and uh, some of the I think some of Miss Piggy's outfits and things like that. Gross. Um, but for anyone that's a fan of the movie, it was it was a good good episode to watch. So I recommend that uh, on Disney Plus if you have that. Um, also, um, if you're interested in the history of like the Muppets and Jim Henson, there's a good YouTube series. Uh, from a channel called Defunct Land that I'll, yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, that's like really good. So if you're interested in like just the history of Jim Henson and the Muppets, I'd check that out. Those are my recommendations for this week. I don't know if I've done recommendations <laughs> before, but maybe we can make that know. a thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This movie's like actually just beautiful. It so beautiful mm-hmm. that it belongs in a museum. It belongs in a museum. It was selected by Congress as as uh, historically and aesthetically, you know, culturally significant. Yeah. It, yeah, it's such a good like time capsule too. Mm-hmm. Just about film, like yeah. it's it's legit. So, anyways, let's move this right along to our closing. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Waka 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 waka. <laughs> Once again, disclaimer: we apologize for our horrible attempts at uh muppet impressions <laughs> yes we will yes. We'll, we will work on them for the next time we cover a muppet movie <laughs> hopper what's the matter with you you're gonna be crazy chasing me halfway across the country why are you doing this to me because all my life i wanted to own a thousand frog leg restaurants and you're the key greenie yeah well i've got a dream too but it's about singing and dancing and making people happy that's the kind of dream that gets better the more people you share it with. And, well, I found a whole bunch of friends who have the same dream. And, and it kind of makes us like a family. Do you have anybody like that, Hopper? 
I mean, once you get all those restaurants, who are you going to share it with? Who are your friends, Doc? Those guys? So, Jeremy, uh, do you have a hint for us for next week? But yeah, so I'm really into hockey lately, so I'm really into the mood to watch a hockey movie. And what better hockey movie to watch besides... Why are there so many quack, 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 quack. Uh, so if you don't understand what movie we're covering after that, hint, it's a hockey movie that has to do with ducks. So... Which the Anaheim Bucks aren't even playoffs, so I don't know why. Not. <laughs> they 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 know where you're where you're going with that. Yeah, but they don't know which one. <laughs> True. Dang it, I said one. <laughs> Ooh, another hint. <laughs> which one are we gonna cover? <laughs> Alright, well, that's about all we have. Our show art is done by Bryce Bridgman, and he actually recently changed his Instagram handle from Captain Cool Guy to Groovy Bridge. So uh-huh. the word Groovy Bridge. All one word. Uh, he's really talented and if you need any graphic work done by him hit him up on Instagram give him a follow he's a really talented artist and he's just a cool guy to be be around so um, but yeah other than that um, our Instagram handle is inside quotes cast and we post weekly and weekly stories about what episode we're covering this week or whatever we've posted mm-hmm. already um, so go ahead and give us a follow there and yeah uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts be sure to leave us a good positive review rate and review yes well that wraps everything up here on Inside Quotes thanks everybody for listening and until next episode waka waka <laughs> we'll see ya see ya the rainbow connection the lovers the dreamers and me, all of us under its spell, we know that it's probably magic. Have you been half asleep, and have you heard voices? I've heard them calling my name. Is this the sweet sound? That calls the young sailors The voice might be one and the same I've heard it too many times To ignore it It's something that I'm supposed to be Someday we'll find it The rainbow connection The lovers the dreamers and me. La da 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 da